This is a main hustle media podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Jackie O and you're listening to Militantly Mixed. Yo, this is Rashani from the single simulcast. And when I'm not making you laugh or making up parody songs, I'm kicking back. Listening to Militantly Mixed. Hey y'all. Welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine, aka Mixed Girl Maine, the busiest mixed race, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, podcaster <sighs> in this pod. Casting game. This is episode 77, and full disclosure, this is about the fifth or sixth recording I've attempted for this week's episode. And it's been on a couple different topics, a couple of things I haven't been that happy with, and I've scrapped a bunch of things, and I think I know what the problem is. When I decided to start the mental health hiatus months. Um, I did that because I was at a really difficult point um, in my personal life. And my, um, you know, I talk about it often, I suffer from depression and anxiety. And my depression was really grave danger of becoming like uber, super heavy, major depression. Um, My regular depression, my baseline is always there. I'm functional. I can, I don't need medication. I can go out in the world. I can do my jobs and stuff like that. I'm fine. I just exist with depression. But there are times when major depression sets in, that makes it very difficult for me to function. I can still get up and go to work and do what I got to do. But when I can, when I can finally turn it off, I turn everything off and I'm flattened. And so to prevent that, I decided to take mental health hiatuses every four months to give myself a time to decompress from all this stuff I absorb because I'm, I'm a bottler and give myself ways and tools and methods to decompress and get it all out and then come back fresh and happy and ready to go. In August, that worked like a charm. I came back and I was ready and wearing to go. I was still busy during that period of time, but giving myself permission to be happy if I'm happy or go dark if I'm dark close all the blinds and lay face down on the couch, whatever. Gave myself permission to really do that during that time. And it helped and it it got me through so that by the time we came back in September, I was ready to go. Uh, It didn't really work this time. And I don't think it's because it won't work. I think it's just because of the timing. The timing was really rough. My husband lost his position at his job. I was and still am working as a temp. I ended up having to take on another job because I'm not making enough money, which you heard about, blah, 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 blah. Um, And uh, because I added the extra show over the summer, producing four shows was getting really taxing. And then to try to work two jobs and produce four shows, plus I was freelance editing a couple other people's shows, I was just overly daunted. So by the time I went into my decompression mode and was supposed to stop podcasting, and give myself that break, um, I was already well beyond overwhelmed and still trying to function. And then I go into the break and it starts off, my birthday is at the beginning of the month. I didn't have the best birthday. So that kind of started on a downturn. And then we lost Carol Spinney, which you all know is 
uh, Big Bird or Oscar the Grouch. And since I had a personal connection to him, I it took that really hard um, and am still grieving for him. But it was really a lot more intense that first week. Um, so I recorded an episode about him uh, then. And uh, the month continued to be very difficult. Plus, uh, the place that I work at was on break. And so I, I worked less hours than um, I normally do. And that put a financial strain. My car was about to die. I had to replace my car. It was just a lot of shit. It was so overwhelming that it was not a restful December or I didn't give myself permission to do the things I needed to do to decompress. So I've continued to stay bottled up. And that's really what's going on right now. I'm also dealing with an issue that I will be talking about on the show in the future. But um, because I am working on this with other people and we're in a program that is confidential at the moment, I don't want to put out too much information um, because I'm not the only person involved in the program. Uh, so I've been working on an issue, one part of my stuff, but I haven't been working on the other things. And because I can't afford my therapist right now, I'm not going to therapy. So I'm just bottle, 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 bottle. And I come back in January and I didn't have any banked interviews. So I couldn't just naturally flow easily into the new year. I had to book people really quickly. And so we got Rach last week, which was great. It timed out well. Um, but all my other interviews are towards the end of the month and I haven't been able to get people to fit in earlier. So I just felt like a bust. It felt like I was going to be sort of dragging my feet for the beginning of the year. So that's why I think I haven't been able to put together this episode very well. And that's why I also think that um, it's going to take me another couple of weeks to kind of get back into the flow of doing the podcasting thing. It's also impacting my other shows. I've decided to put By Furious on hiatus indefinitely. It will come back eventually. I just need to cut out something <laughs> in my life, one of my jobs or um, be able to hire someone to help edit or something like that. Um, but it's a, by furious is a very intense podcast to put together. It requires a lot of research and a lot of connection to other people. And I don't have as much access in the LGBTQ plus community as I do in the mixed race and the geek community. So it's a lot harder to put it together. So I had to put that one on hiatus. It is presently on pause. Um, hopefully it'll be back by summer. And then Blurred Comics is off, too, because my co-host and I, our schedules are starting to mismatch again. So we have to try to reset and figure out a new schedule. So we skipped last week. And that kind of sucks because I miss my friend. I haven't been able to talk to my friend on a weekly basis in a while. And um, and so it's just like, Bleh. so podcasting is a little awkward right now, but I'm I'm going to get my groove back. I just don't know when I'm going to get it back. Hopefully my groove will start coming back next week. Um, I have done some pre-screen interviews over the last couple of uh, weeks that have been pretty good. And I'm just ready to actually get a chance to talk to those people for real, for real. Um, and then I think once I start doing that, it'll start feeling natural again and I'll get back into it. But I say all of that stuff to say that I wanted to talk about the idea of being intentional about our mixedness. 
or centering mixedness, our individual mixedness in our life. And this has come up a few times over the last year. Um, I remember uh, at the start of the year 2019, Javi and Nicole on Black Radical Queer, another main hustle media show, uh, she did an episode about centering yourself in the year. And that was not really a term or phrase that I had ever thought of before, centering, um, as, as sort of an action to do for yourself. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but I kind of took it to heart and I was like letting that marinate over the course of the last year. And there was different there was different activities and things, lessons and research and stuff that I was doing throughout the year that was allowing me to kind of center myself in my own life. Um, I'm not very good at that. I absolutely am accommodating and uh, deferential to the other people in my life. And uh, a lot of times I put everybody but my own needs ahead of my own. And then that's why I end up going into these really dark patches of major depression because I'm not allowing myself agency in my own life very often. And, uh, and so last year I was doing a lot more things that were geared towards centering myself. And I do feel better for that stuff. Um, I just have a bunch of other ex external things that are happening that I have no control over that is impacting my, my life at the moment, finances, jobs, things like that. Um, that's kind of getting in the way. And then I, in September, or October, I met Sarah Lotus. And I think it's episode 68 or 67. Uh, we actually titled that episode Centering My Mixedness or Centering Around Mixedness. And that was actually came from Sarah. She, at the time we met, she was in the process of getting her life coaching certification and she was going to start building these programs that would sort of help and support mixed race people in different aspects of their development of either, you know, mixed race confidence or interracial families, like helping interracial families raise mixed race kids, things like that. And so we had started talking a little bit more regularly around that time. And that put that little worm in my ear too, of like centering my mixedness in my life, which on the outside, it looks like I do that, right? I'm, I'm mixed girl main. I have Militantly Mixed, a show about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I have Blurred Comics, a comic book geek show from a couple of mixed black blurs. I Everything about me is mixed. I'm bisexual, which is kind of mixed to me, like mixed sexual attraction. I, um, I'm mixed race or mixed, mixed ethnicity. I'm multinational. I have three countries contributing to my cultural upbringing. Um, multicultural, of course, as well. There's so many things about me that is mixed that I appear on the outside to be just hella mixed in every aspect of my life. And that mixedness is most likely the center of my life. I think too, on the surface, that is true. But I wasn't really dealing with a particular aspect of my mixedness. And it was starting to really cause me a lot of shame and a lot of pain. And I was getting really angry, uh, but I was bottling it up because I'm like, I can't express this. I have this mixed race show. <laughs> I have this reputation. I'm doing speaking engagements of mixed race identity. I can't also be struggling with my own mixed race identity. Um, and so I wasn't listening. I was shutting the door to that. And so for the last six or seven weeks, I've actually been actively working on that issue. And, um, 
again, I'm not going to go too deep into it right now because there's other people involved in the program and I don't want to um, violate any confidentiality. So until I get a chance to speak with them about it, um, I don't want to speak about it publicly, but even my own issue, because we help each other through our issues. Um, but so I'm dealing with this aspect of my own mixedness that I'm struggling with. And uh, from where I started to where I'm at now has vastly improved or it's opened up new questions for me to investigate. And I feel good about the direction I'm going in, but I'm nowhere near fully recovered from this thing that's been bothering me. And, uh, and so I needed to start building into my daily life things that will allow me to either center my mixedness or, um, intentionally work on areas of my mixedness. And so the previous episodes I've recorded for this episode, for episode 77 has basically just been me talking out to the, to the microphone and just being like, blah, 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 intentional mixness, intentional mixness. And it just felt so flat. And I think it felt so flat because it was just me talking. Um, I don't think it was self-indulgent, but it kind of could come off a little self-indulgent. Like let's just spend an hour dealing with my issue. And I really hated it um, because this show is a collaborative show and I'm a collaborative person. I much more prefer the conversational episodes to my solo episodes. And, um, and so I felt like I needed interaction from y'all to make this really work. So um, the episodes that I recorded last week, I kind of scrapped those and I put it out on social media over the weekend, um, this post. And this went across all Facebook, Instagram, and um, Twitter. I wrote, episode discussion. This week I'll be talking about intentions, specifically our intentions related to our mixedness. What are your intentions towards either gaining mixed race confidence or understanding your mixed race identity in 2020? And um, I wanted people to answer in the comments or drop me a voicemail on the Skype line, which is 323-545-6001, if you ever do want to leave me a voicemail. Uh, no one left me a voicemail. I, I, one day I'm going to convince everybody to drop me a voicemail, but so far it hasn't happened. Or it's happened like once or twice. Um, but I'm going to start getting some kind of weekly voicemail situation rolled up in the show. I had an idea uh, in one of my last recordings. I just trying to figure out how to promote it, package it to y'all to, to get you involved. But I'm eventually going to have weekly voicemails on this show. Okay. So anyways, I posted that post and I was just kind of sitting back hoping people would engage and we did get a few responses. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. And what I'd like to do is share those responses with you. Um, I would really like to be able to share it in their own voice on um, voicemails, but what I do have is their own words in writing. Uh, so I'm going to read a couple of these to you and, uh, and then we're going to talk about some of the things that we're going to do to try to be more intentional about our mixedness, uh, going into 2020. And it's not that it's intentionally 2020 new years that we're doing this. It just so happens that I'm thinking about this stuff right now because I've been in a program for the last couple months that happened to be at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. So it's on my mind blah, blah, blah. That's why we're doing it in January. Um, okay. So the first response that I got to this post is actually from someone who's going to be on a guest on an upcoming episode of Militantly Mix. Uh, we've already spoke once, but we haven't recorded yet. Um, and now that I have this, I definitely have more stuff that I want to talk to her about. Uh, so this first post comes from Mona Lisa. 
She says, I hope this counts. For 2020, my intention is to be more confident and comfortable with my curly hair. I have a Chinese upbringing and I find myself straightening my hair and wearing eye makeup in order to look more Asian. Quote, I always worry that my natural hair is untidy and messy. But my Jamaican family has always told me not to be embarrassed of my curly hair and wear it out, not hide it, put it up in a bun. I decided this year that I will intentionally wear my curly hair out to work, church, social functions, and learn to not worry about what others think about my hair. Uh, So this is actually one of two responses that had to do with hair that I got across all the platforms. And um, hair is one of those subjects that is really important to me. Um, I don't have what is traditionally considered mixed race hair in terms of black mixed race hair. Uh, My hair is very much more like Asian texture, but towards the bottom of my hair, and if I'm in a high humidity area, I've talked about this before, uh, that's when it's obvious that I have something going on with my hair um, that is gets a little bit wavier and poofier and, and things like that. I can, I can half fro basically uh, if I'm in humidity. And so I have gotten braids and wore braids before. They don't last long because my hair, like I said, is not traditionally black hair. Um, I usually get a good 11 days before I got to pull it out. Um, and it's not of a, it's not a protective hairstyle for my type of hair. It's just growing up mixed black. I wanted braids. I wanted to look like everybody else. That's why I have worn them in the past. Um, My mom, although Japanese and white, has been a hairstylist most of my life, and she only does black hair. So I've grown up in a black salon with black people getting their hair done. The chemicals that you can smell in a hair salon are some of my favorite smells. Um... I don't know if that's a weird thing to say. I know that my old best friend grew up in a mechanic shop. Her family had a mechanic shop and she loves the smell of like grease and oil. And I always thought that was weird, but I love the smell of relaxer and perm and acrylic. So whatever your deal is. Um, so hair has always been a big part of my life, even though I don't technically have like this, the specific mixed hair that we think of when we say mixed hair. Uh, so when I see people, mixed race people on particular struggling with hair issues, I feel like I have a personal stake in it. I don't know why I don't, but I feel like I do. And I want us to feel good about our hair. Uh, We live in a society that is dictating to us how we're allowed to present. Even if shit grows out of our hair, our own heads, a particular way. And they tell us in the workplace, it's not professional to wear braids, to have an afro, to have locks, uh, to shave your head if you're not sick or you're not a man or whatever. Like there's there's employers and people policing how the hair grows naturally out of somebody's head. Here in California in 2019, we passed a law that prevented employers from discriminating against people for having quote-unquote ethnic hairstyles. So in 2019, we had to pass a law to tell employers, you can't tell a black woman she can't have braids. You can't tell a black man he can't have locks. You can't tell a black person they can't have an afro or that it appears unprofessional or whatever. And we're talking about something that grows naturally out of somebody's head. So if we live in a society that has to pass laws that tell white employers they're not allowed to discriminate over black hair, 
how is the average mixed person supposed to walk around feeling super duper confident about their hair if their hair isn't obviously black or obviously white or or whatever textures that they have? And a lot of us mixed people do have sort of random textured hair or not consistent textured hair. And we feel a kind of way about it. I definitely feel a way about my hair. So I'm really happy to see specifically that Mona Lisa is not only going to be making this effort, and this is like a trackable effort with intention to improve her feelings about her own hair and to be confident to wear it as it comes out of her head. Uh, Specifically, the sentence that got me the most was, I always worry that my natural hair is untidy and messy. And that's because our society is telling us you're supposed to look like the pretty white woman in magazines. So if you don't look like that, something is wrong and you got to do everything in your power to look like that. And I'm so happy that one, that there's people in her corner telling her it's okay to look the way you look and be enjoy it and, and let it out. And so, um, but two, that she's actively going to be making that effort to wear it out more often and get herself some confidence related to it. Like I said, this wasn't the only post about hair. We did get one more. This one came on Instagram and um, this is from the account Mixed Mental Health. And Mixed Mental Health, I'm going to have to get with you because I want to talk about this on an episode of Militantly Mixed. So I'll, I'll send you a message. So Mixed Mental Health writes, Learning about my hair and how to care for it has been a traumatic and fraying experience. From 13 years old to 28, I wore my hair straightened with extensions so I could blend in and feel accepted. I wanted to look like my friends and fall into what I believed society deemed beautiful. Even the transition of embracing my hair in and my interracial relationship has been an adjustment. I never thought that there was so much wrapped up in it. And again, echoing the same thing. Society is telling us the way your hair grows out of your head is wrong. You got to do these things to fix it. I'm so glad that we're able to talk about this openly now. I think similarly to talking about mental health, which as you know, I do quite often. um, It's alleviated some of the stigma. It's allowed people who experience similar things to find you, not necessarily to trauma bond, although I'm sure that happens, but also to just be like, oh good, I'm not alone in this world. I'm not this one random person in seven billion that the whole universe is against. So I'm really happy to see both these posts um, from Mona Lisa and uh, the Mixed Mental Health account on um, Instagram, because it, it shows that there's there's something here. There's something that can be addressed. Now, I also want to make it really, really clear that however you do your hair, regardless of what society is telling us is the beautiful or the correct way, is right If it's your choice, if you like to have your hair straightened or you like to have weaves or extensions or wigs, then that is the right way for you to have your hair. If you want to wear braids or locks or twist outs or afros or halfros or wear your hair in a head wrap or go wild and just whatever it's going to do is going to do. That is also right if it is your choice. We cannot continue to allow our hairstyles to be policed by people who don't even have hair like us, first of all. And I'm saying us even though I don't necessarily have the same 
texture of hair that is being affected by this, but I still have hair that I've had to do certain ways to be presentable, to be professional when I would prefer to be a much different way. For 12 years, I had purple hair. And I love my purple hair. I actually consider my purple hair my natural hair color. Over the last year, I wasn't able to afford to keep it up. And now I work at a place that I don't think it would be accepted. And so I don't feel cute. I don't feel like myself. I actually kind of don't like looking at myself right now because my hair, my purple hair is such a part of me that to not have it right now, it, it sucks. So I have my own version, my own hair journey that I have to deal with. Um, and we shouldn't be policing hair like this. You shouldn't be, an employer shouldn't tell you you can't have a hairstyle or a hair color or anything or that you're supposed to look like a particular thing. Whatever your hair style of choices is the right style. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to tell nobody or ask permission I say be your mixed ass self as a mixed person. I say wear your hair the way it's true to yourself um, related to your hair. Uh, so I really appreciate those two posts because I think like those those are some real issues that we are dealing with as as mixed race folks. Um, so I'm glad there's and it's a it's a tangible and measurable intention to have in 2020. I mean, maybe you won't be able to build a chart off of it, but you might be able to say, you know, I wore my hair out long and curly three times. And the first time it was really uncomfortable. And the second time it was slightly less uncomfortable. But by that third time I was like, yes, this is my hair. That is a measure, you know, that's a measurable thing. So I think that's awesome. Um, and also just exploring multiple types, like definitely, definitely, we should grant ourselves permission about that. Honestly, or honestly, actually, I just watched the most recent episode of Blackish, which I don't know if I'm watching them um, the same week that they air, but uh, it is about hair and specifically the young character, Diane, trying to figure out what is the hairstyle that she's okay with um, and deciding between chemicals or going natural or whatever. So uh, if you're feeling a kind of way, check out the blackest episode from this last week. I think um, it's called hair day, I think. And I think the way they treated the episode was really great. Cause you had like real life people talking about hair and then it would cut to the episode, um, the acted part of the episode. So it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, hair important wear your hair the way you want. Uh, the next message I got, this one also comes from Instagram. Uh, the account is at KM underscore Lynn. Uh, they write learning basic phrases since I was never taught my mom's language for fear of not being seen as American slash white enough. I also cook more Filipino dishes with my mom. Cooking together has become one of our only common interests slash times we can exist in a positive way together, and it's been healing for our relationship. Uh, this is another one that I think is like really awesome and a measurable thing uh, in terms of an intention. Like you can just decide this year I'm going to learn how to make three dishes from my cultures or one dish from everything I mix with or one dish from this culture that I can make really well. Or like in the case of, uh, I think the account should be read Kim Lynn, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, for, for her, like to be able to say like, this is something that will heal 
a relationship with my mother and grant me access to our shared culture is amazing. Like, I think that is such a good idea. Um, in my own life, I'm not a very good cook, but in terms of my Japanese food, there's a couple of things that I make okay. And one dish in particular that I really strongly associate with my grandmother, and I've almost got it to taste close to how she makes it. I can definitely tell what is mine and what would be hers, but I've gotten it as close as I'm capable of getting it, I think. And just knowing that I have that um, for when I feel like I need comfort or I need a connection to my grandma or for the time that comes when she's no longer here. Ugh, that made me, that got me a little bit. To know that I'll still have this thing that I got because of her, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, cooking, like I always say, I think food is sort of our first gateway into our culture access. And um, if you can also share the cooking process with a family member that even would more connect you to that culture. I just think that is so great. So I'm, I'm, I really appreciate this post as well. And I think that that's, that's like such a great way to, to like intentionally go forward in your mixedness in the following years, learn to cook some traditional dishes. Um, and the last post that I got, and this is actually someone I've been talking to on and off for quite a bit. Um, they've not been on the show and I don't know if they'll intend to be on the show down the road. Um, but we have talked a lot through social media and, uh, they're a longtime listener and supporter of the show and actually our most recent Patreon sponsor. Uh, so I wanted to give a shout out to, to Heather for this. Uh, but Heather's post is my intention for 2020 is to be more my mixed ass self, being more confident to be mixed on my own terms rather than trying to fit other people's realities. So I do have a little bit more context for this post of what this post would mean for Heather because of our exchanges. But this message is like, I'm ending on it because it is the thing. It's the thesis for what I'm talking about on this episode. I, at the beginning of the show, I started to say, be your mixed ass self to some of the folks that I was talking to in moments and when I could tell that they were feeling some kind of doubt or imposter syndrome. And it just kind of became a slogan accidentally. Like I know I've said this or a version of this over many years, but it became so repetitive during the show that it actually became a slogan. And it is, it is absolutely something that I try to live by. Be your mixed ass self. Be however you need to be within your mixedness. If that means denying something you're mixed with and embracing one solid thing, that's you being your mixed ass self. If it's trying to equally ex express all the ethnicities and cultures that you're a part of, that's being your mixed ass self. If it's deciding that because you didn't have access to a culture, you're going to spend time to dig in and immerse yourself in that culture. That is you being your mixed ass self. That is so important to me. It's why I do this show. It's, it's pretty much what I think about all the time is what do we have to do as mixed race individuals to feel whole? Because we come from a society that's telling us that we're not enough of in some cases, some of us are literally told you're not black enough, you're not Asian enough, you're not white enough, you're not whatever enough. And then in other cases, we're told that 
your other thing dominates this so you don't get access to this. The one drop rule, the you're not Japanese. And, you know, my case, because I'm born in America. Like there's so many ways in which society is telling us that we're not enough, that we've internalized that. But what we should be looking at ourselves as is more than or extra or plus because just going back to the food idea let's say a soup dish you have a base you have ingredients vegetables seasoning meat if you eat meat whatever all this stuff goes in it slowly cooks over time and then it becomes a complete meal of its own with wonderful flavors and things all contributing, a whole bunch of different things are contributing to that main flavor that you get to experience. That's we're that way too. We, in my case, I'm black American. I'm Japanese from Japan. I'm British or England, uh, English from Britain. I'm some kind of mixed Appalachian white from America. I have all these things going into my blood and I'm being raised through those lenses. And then I've adapted to how the culture, the main culture that I live in here in America is treating those things. And then I'm viewing some things or I'm adopting some things from each of my cultures that are, that are how I feel like I need to express myself. And the final result of all of that is mixed girl main the host of Militantly Mix, that is how I've let all my ingredients manifest into the world. It's on my own terms. Technically halfway. I've said this a bunch of times. Technically I'm halfway. Both of my parents are biracial. Both of them are halfway. I have the least amount of white experience between my two parents. Uh, I knew my British grandmother for a time. I didn't really know my white grandfather very much. I didn't grow up around white people. So I'm half white and have the least amount of access to whiteness. So it's not comfortable for me all the time to claim being half white. It's a lot easier for me to claim being half black and half Japanese, even though I'm only a a quarter of each of those ethnicities, because I grew up in those homes with those cultures. If I was with my mom's family, I was in a Japanese house with a Japanese woman eating Japanese food, doing Japanese things. When I was with my dad's side, I was a black kid in a black neighborhood, going to a black school, going to a black church with black people living in my house. It's a lot easier for me to claim half black, half Japanese because I just did not have access to whiteness. So me being my full mixed ass self is me expressing my black and Japanese mixedness more than anything else. Every now and then I'll get a dab of the Britishness in there because I grew up with my Nana and there's some things that I do every day that is a reflection of growing up with her too. But it's nowhere near how Japanese I feel or how black I feel. That's me being my mixed ass self. That's me being my full on my own terms expression of a mixed race person. And that might not be the case for anybody else. It's not the case for my brother and we're mixed the same. We identify differently. So I'm ending on Heather's comment because it's so important. Those words being more confident to be mixed on my own terms is everything. It is the period at the end of this episode sentence. This year, 
whatever you do, whether you choose to take the whole year to be intentional or whether you choose a few things to do, activities, learn a language, uh, learn some vocabulary from a language, learn some dishes, learn a dish from every culture you're mixed with, um, go to a country of ancestry, just walk around every day embracing that you're mixed, telling people you're mixed versus telling people what they perceive you as. Whatever the thing is that you choose to do, pick some activities that you can practice throughout the year or the next couple months or whatever and see how it feels and see if it gets you closer to being your mixed ass self. That's really what I wanted to talk about this week, but I just really struggled to do it because I didn't want to do it on my own. And so I want to say thank you to Heather and Mona Lisa and the Mixed Mental Health account and on Instagram and uh, Kim Lynn, I think is how it's meant to be read on Instagram as well for contributing to this episode. I really appreciate your insight and your I don't want to say courage because I don't know if it takes a lot for do that, but the fact that you stood up to share and you represented yourself versus letting somebody represent for you makes me feel really good. And I hope you're proud of yourself as well. So thank you for sharing with us and allowing me to put it on the episode. Um, before I wrap up though, I do want to just drop a quick couple of notes. Um, this was one of the first most engaging posts that I had on the Militantly Mixed Facebook group pages. Um, Jonathan Davis, our fan moderator, he posted his first discussion thread last week and it got a lot of responses. Um, uh, the group is still pretty small. You know, we're still, people are still joining and everything like that. But for the amount of people we have, it got some really good responses. And so shout out to Jonathan for stepping up to take on that moderator role on the Facebook page. I really appreciate it. And he's going to be posting some interesting things he already has. Um, so uh, please participate. Join the Militantly Mixed Facebook private group. It's where we can talk amongst ourselves without having to worry about people on our own Facebook pages knowing uh, what we're getting into. Jonathan's going to be posting some th discussion threads. I'm going to be posting discussion threads. We're both going to be posting articles and things. Um, and if there's anything you would like to contribute, please let us know through the group page so that we can we can share it with everyone else. But if you'd like to join the private group, just go to facebook.com slash groups with an S slash militantly mixed with a D. And, um, and I'll also put that in the show notes for you as well. And it'll ask you if you're mixed or if you have some sort of mixed race interaction, you say, yes, we'll approve you. And then you can join the group. Um, we do ask that you introduce yourselves and let everybody know who you are. It is not necessarily for dating or anything like that. I, so if you do post a, an intro, just know that it's introducing your mixed ass self to other mixed ass self people. If you end up making a love connection offline, that's a different thing, but it's not necessarily for, it's not a hookup thread, I guess is what I wanted to say. Uh, I want people to feel that it's a safe space for them to interact how they, how they would like to interact without having to worry about, um, monoracial people telling them that they're not okay to think that way or, um, that they're going to be creeped on if they don't want to be creeped on. 
So that's that. Uh, but follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. And there's also the public Militantly Mixed Facebook page when you go to it. Um, so you can post in there as well. But if you want those comments that you have private or the discussions private, go over to the, the private group and, and um, ask for permission to join. And we'll get you in there rolled up. And then also, like I said, Heather is our most recent Patreon sponsor and um, and a p- commenter in this episode so shout out to heather and i just really quick want to kind of rethink everybody who has been contributing to the patreon we are now at 311 dollars a month and um and that is spread out over 28 contributors so you all have these 28 people to thank for keeping the show going because the things the way things were running over the last few months i wasn't going to be able to keep the show going for a period of time i was going to have to sleep on go on hiatus and for real for real for a long period of time and wait till things got back on track but these 28 people are keeping things going so i just wanted to kind of say thank you again and, and remind everybody um basically how the show is is available now so thank you to adela aiden amanda christian dakota emma erica evelyn gretchen heather jennifer jesse john julia katie kayleen matt megan michelle morgan natalia rebecca sarah slightly annoyed mixed chick susan t you know who you are and tiana Thank you to y'all for keeping the show going. Some of you have been with us since the beginning, the the second month the show existed. Uh, Some of you have raised your donations over the last few months. Some of you came in pretty high at our $50 and $40 level. So, I mean, without y'all, there's just nothing that I could be doing right now to make this work. So I'm so 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 appreciative of y'all and um if you do want to contribute and help us hit that 500 dollars mark you can go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed and i will put a link to that in the show notes as well you can contribute as low as a dollar a month to as high as anything you wish and there are different reward levels depending on what you sponsor at and if you would like to sponsor but you don't want to or cannot commit to a monthly sponsorship, we also have a PayPal page. You go to paypal.me slash mix, drop some coins in that jar. It all goes into the same main hustle media bank account and helps keep us going. Once we hit the $500 mark, I am going to be able to hire someone that's going to help me with some of the social media posts and the editing, which will allow me to do a lot more content creation. Uh, so So that is still the goal. I'm going to keep hitting that goal, keep pounding that goal until we hit, until we hit it or until I find other revenue streams that will help maintain that as well. Uh, Let's see. I think that's pretty much it uh, for this episode. We will be back next week with an actual guest. And if you have been considering or you're curious or you'd like to at least chat with me to see if you want to be a guest on the show, please email me at Charmaine at militantlymix.com. That's S as in Sam, H-A-R, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, E, 
at militantlymixed.com and we can do a pre-screen session to get a feel for each other and if you feel like you'd like to participate then we'll get you up on the show uh i record everything via skype and or zoom or zencaster uh so you don't even have to get out of your pajamas we can just have a have a chat um i am trying to expand back outside of the United States again. When I first started the show, I had a lot more international guests than I have had of late. So if you are considering contacting me, but you only hear Americans and that's why you're debating whether or not you're contacting me, please do because we do have international guests all the time. And mixedness is a combination of ethnicity, culture, nationality, citizenship, however you want to say that. Uh, And so we need representatives from all over the planet to, uh, to share your mixedness with us. Um, I think it's important to the development of the show and the development of this community as we continue to grow. I feel a lot better about this episode right now, even though I haven't re-listened back to it yet because I'm still recording it. I already feel a lot better than I did of the previous recordings that I attempted. Um, I really needed the input from uh, other people to to make me feel good about it. And um, I guess getting it off my chest a little bit that uh, I'm in a bit of a dark patch at the moment again. Uh, mental health wise is is good because I I don't want to have to force a smile I want to naturally have a smile so um, I hope you all are cool with that I I feel a tremendous amount of support from you all especially I mean there's some of you that just email me asking me how am I handling my depression at the moment and that's really thoughtful and sweet and 10 years ago no one would have ever asked a question like that. So I, I really appreciate that it's something we can talk about now um, and that it's okay to be out of the closet about uh, depression and anxiety and things. All right, y'all. I think that's it. Stay tuned to next week. Please don't forget to engage with us on the Facebook groups and on social media. Um, and if you just want to leave us a voicemail and let us know about a happy mixed moment that you had, please Call me at 323-545-6001. It is a Skype voicemail line. Uh, just leave a voicemail. I think you got about two minutes before it hangs up on you. And uh, you might end up in a future episode of Militantly Mixed. All right, y'all. Don't forget to be your mixed-ass selves. Militantly Mixed is a main hustle media podcast produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, The One. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to patreon.com slash militantly mixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantly mixed for a one-time only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle. <laughs>